hello everybody and welcome to another UK Motor Talk Formula One Grand Prix review and this time round we have the, uh, well bear with me whilst I look the name of this up and read it out, the Formula One Rolex Grand Premio del Made in Italy del Emilia Romagna or uh, as really it should be known the San Marino Grand Prix at Imola, so I'm just going to call it Imola from now on because, let's face it, that's what it is. Yes, it led to a bit of a change in the uh, the championship standings and the championship picture, uh, helped in uh, in some part by the weather, I think, certainly helped spice the weekend up, uh, but we'll uh, we'll run through the weekend as it happened and, uh, and pick out a few of the talking points as we go along. Qualifying Q1 first, um, I think a few people had, uh, had ventured out on Inters before everybody just dived in fairly quickly to uh, swap on to slick tyres, uh, but only about three minutes in, uh, Albon's right rear, uh, well he said he lost the brake pedal, I think he lost more than the brakes, as uh, pretty much most of all of that right rear corner exploded, looked quite spectacular, but once, uh, once that had uh, got out of the way, Lost Sonoda, Gasly, Latifi, Ocon, and of course Albon. Sonoda only four thousandths of a second off outqualifying Hamilton in uh, in his Mercedes. So Lewis's struggles continuing there. Uh, shame for uh, the Alpha Tauri team uh, overall. Sonoda and Gasly both getting knocked out. Not the best start to their uh, their home Grand Prix weekend or one of their home Grand Prix weekends. Anyway. Uh, on to Q2 then. Science had set the early pace uh, in uh, in the session, but uh, with a bit of rain on the horizon, uh, we saw plenty of cars had filled up for more than one flying lap. So uh, up at the front was Verstappen, Science, Norris, Perez, Leclerc, with uh, I think it was Russell, Mick Schumacher, Hamilton, Guan Yu Zhou, and Stroll all in the uh, in the drop zone. And uh, well, another mistake from Science really, wasn't it? Thing. I would say feeling the pressure, but uh, just uh, just recently renewed his contract and signed up with Ferrari for another couple of years, or at least a year's extension. Um, but uh, yeah, binned it off and out, calls the red flag. Uh, and whilst uh, whilst his Ferrari was being uh, being scooped up, um, the rain fell, so uh, the order stayed well exactly as it was. Nobody could go any quicker. So uh, yeah, we lost uh, Russell, Schumacher, Hamilton, Guanajuato, and Lance Stroll. I think we'll get on to science at the end. We'll have a little chat about him towards uh, towards the end of uh, of this little rundown. But Russell out qualifying uh, Lewis Hamilton again. Uh, I think we'll uh, we'll probably have a little chat about Lewis and and where he's maybe at uh, towards the end. We'll pick that up at the uh, the end in our final thoughts. Uh, on to uh, to Q three though. The rain had uh, carried on, so it's a fairly wet track. Few cars flying off, I and mean, it was just uh, the whole qualifying session was uh, rather punctuated by red flags. Slight red flags, red flag tricker happiness from uh, from the race director. A little bit keen to uh, to throw them out. Understandable, I suppose, because of the uh, the weather and previous accidents that have uh, that have happened in wet conditions with cars off the circuit and wanting to get marshals or recovery trucks onto the circuit. But um, although Magnussen had uh, got off, he uh, he did a brilliant job of uh, of keeping the car running, just giving it a slight bit of throttle to get him to the. Uh, the gully at the side of the track and then getting out from there um but anyway he managed to uh, to make it back to the pits and then not long after they uh, the session got going again bottas was out with a mechanical issue so yet another red flag then finally uh, we had norris going off and uh, another red flag and there was hardly any time left in the session so uh, so that was it and in and amongst all of that 
Sainz uh, obviously no time from him, uh, but Vettel had set the ninth quickest time, Bottas just in front of him in eighth, Perez in seventh, uh, Ricardo sixth, uh, Alonso a brilliant fifth, Magnussen an even better fourth, Norris had set the third quickest time, and uh, in and amongst all of the red flags, the battle for uh, for pole position between Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen, uh, that went to Verstappen in the end. So we had uh, first sprint sprint race, sprint, sprint qualifying. No, they don't call it sprint qualifying anymore, do they? It's just the sprint. But uh, as uh, somebody had said, if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck and walks like a duck well it's it's probably a duck isn't it so it's it's a sprint race isn't it it's just a shorter uh, a shorter race a uh, bit of a rule change uh, this year um more points for the sprint race so you get eight points for winning uh, all the way down to one point for eighth uh, no fastest lap point in the sprint race so in theory if you have uh, 25 points for a win uh, in the Grand Prix and a point for the fastest lap and you win the sprint race then uh, the maximum number of points you could possibly score over a weekend is 34 for a driver and maximum points you could score as a constructor would be uh, I think 59 for the whole weekend 25, 8 and 1, uh, 18 for second and 7 for second in the sprint so yeah 59 for uh, a constructor is the maximum over a sprint weekend so uh, be interesting to uh, to see at the end. No spoiler alerts. We'll uh, we'll see who scored what. But yeah, into uh, into the sprint race. Then great start for Charles Leclerc, who'd uh, who'd lined up second, just got pipped the day before in qualifying, and it was wonderful to hear the uh, the crowd, the passion that the Italians have for uh, for the Ferrari team. Well, for Formula One in general, but the Ferrari team in particular uh, was was just wonderful. It gives you even if you're to be honest, not a fan of Formula One, Ferrari or Charles Leclerc, you can't help but get a little bit excited when uh, when a Ferrari's leading at a Grand Prix in Italy somewhere. Poor starts from uh, from both the Mercedes, uh, Lewis and George uh, going backwards there. Guan Zhou out fairly quickly, uh, had a uh, coming together with Gasly. I don't really think there was a lot Gasly could have uh, could have done about that. There was uh, just nowhere for him to go, to be honest. So uh, I'll probably put that one slightly more at uh, at Joe's door. Well, put it almost entirely at his door, actually. But he uh, he duly received uh, his penalty, I suppose, in the form of karma in uh, in being out of the race. Uh, so he had a safety car for a couple of laps, and uh, as soon as he got going again, Science was uh, was a man on a mission, moving up the order reasonably quickly. Uh, Perez heading up as well. I think they were both. Uh, both didn't quite get to uh, to set representative times in qualifying. Uh, Science probably because of his own making. Um, Perez just with the weather and uh, and red flags and things not quite getting as many uh, many clear laps in as he should have done. Magnussen uh, they'd uh, well has they'd started him on the hard tyres and he seemed to be uh, just dropping back and dropping back. I think they were banking on uh, on the tyres wearing out a little bit quicker than they happened to. With all the rain we had, you know green track not so rubbered in it could be a fairly reasonable assumption that uh, that the tires wouldn't uh, wouldn't last as well but i think the issue you're always going to have on hard tires on a green track is is getting any grip out of them uh, or grip out of them relative to the softer compounds anyway so it uh, didn't didn't quite play into uh, into his hands early on in the race as science got past him and uh, and so did ricardo uh, Science moving past Magnuson and then getting past Ricardo, so moving up the order there. 
great scrap between Bottas and Alonso, uh, although Bottas, I think, got the uh, the black and white flag for weaving on the straight. So quite like the race direction this year. Um, slightly trigger happy on the red flags in, in qualifying, as I mentioned. But I think it's at least good to see that, that it happened very, very quickly after Bottas had been weaving. He was very quickly shown the black and white flag and the don't do that again, otherwise we're going to have to have a conversation. I think that uh, the drivers, at least they know where they stand now. That's They get very clear directions and rules and they're told as swiftly as possible what is and isn't allowed. Uh, whether it's before uh, or in the build-up to the weekend with pictures being drawn of where you are and aren't allowed to be behind the safety car and then instantly, no, don't like that, you get shown the flag the next time round and, uh, and you know where you are. Up the front, didn't see much of, uh, of Charles Leclerc beyond the uh, the first lap and, and the overtake and watching the crowd go wild. Uh, he led all the way through, looking reasonably comfy with it, but his lead was only ever a second, second and a half, maybe two seconds. Uh, so we got all the way up to, uh, to lap 20 and Verstappen pulling off a, a great move round the outside. Yet again, really good racing and good respect, giving each other room, but really hard, really tough racing between Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc, even if uh, if the uh, the home crowd weren't too enthusiastic about it. Uh, there was at least decent respect shown from the crowd. And uh, and as I say, between Charles and, and Max, it's, uh, it's good to see those two going wheel to wheel this year. So Verstappen took the sprint race win. Uh, Charles Leclerc followed him behind. Perez had made his way up to third, so a 1-3 for Red Bull in the sprint. So not quite perfect, but not far off. Sainz came in fourth. Norris fifth. Ricardo just behind in sixth. Bottas, Pipping, Magnussen, Alonso and Mick Schumacher finishing a very good tenth. On to the race then, as we'd had a reasonable amount of rain uh, first thing in the morning. I think well, it's, it was absolutely hammering it down first thing in the morning. So that had uh, disrupted a few of the proceedings early on in the day. All of the cars started on, on inters without exception. Uh, good start for Verstappen. Uh, he led away and, uh, and Perez made a good start as well. Not the best start for Charles Leclerc. He dropped back a little bit. And um, yeah, Carlos Sainz um, made it a couple of corners in. Uh, contact with Ricardo. Where do we land on this one? Um, probably have to put this one slightly more, well, quite a bit more at Ricardo's door, unfortunately. All was going well on the way into the corner. They both left each other room, but Ricardo just, uh, as soon as he was up on the curb, just slid off it had uh, and, and ran wide and bumped into uh, into Carlos, and, and that was it. Out he goes. Uh, real shame for science uh, that he couldn't couldn't get out of the gravel in his his race. His weekend was over just because of that that one little incident that wasn't his fault. Really, absolutely gutted for him. To be honest, it's uh, it's not been not been the easiest ride for Carlos uh, the last couple of races in particular, but the whole weekend in general, I think, was just uh, just a bit miserable with a mistake in qualifying. Depending on how the title fight uh, or the development race bears out for the next couple of races, it's uh, I really don't want to see. Carlos getting relegated into a number two role. I think he's far better than that. But I don't think it's going to be long before uh, before they have to make that call if, uh, if Ferrari haven't made the call already. You know, was was that part of the uh, the negotiation? We'll, uh, we'll extend your contract and you can have another crack next year or the year after, if you like. But this year, the way it's gone, the early part of the, the season, we're only a few races in. But 
you're going to have to be number two this year. Um, could well be the case. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was Science's run. Uh, Mick Schumacher had a uh, moment uh, just coming out of the chicane, uh, got a bit of oversteer and, and clonked into Alonso. I uh, don't think it did too much to Mick's car, but um, ripped off the, uh, well, put a massive dent in the side pod. And um, shortly after that, aerodynamics took care of the rest of it. So that was uh, that was Alonso's race done. Annoying, really, because Alonso had shown great pace in qualifying. So to uh, to see him out so early on was uh, was frustrating. Another weekend, really, for Alonso, where there's been plenty of pace in the car, or some very good pace in the car, but he's not been able to maximise it, unfortunately. So he, uh, he finds himself a bit behind Ocon in the championship standings. I, uh, I don't think that's due to uh, a lack of pace or lack of talent ability or anything like that, or even just getting old. It's uh, just been a bit unlucky. So um, fingers crossed he can uh, he can correct that as we move on. We had the uh, the safety car out whilst they were clearing uh, clearing Carlos Sainz's car away. Ricardo uh, took the opportunity to stop straight away. I half a thought he'd uh, he'd go on to slicks at that stage if uh, if you've dropped to pretty much last or you've got to come in to the pits on the first lap for to check a bit of damage or whatever it is and the races like that. I can't even think you're you're best off just going to slick straight away because what's the worst that could happen? It's the wrong call and. You need to pit again in a lap or two, but you were last anyway. It's, it's you're almost best off taking the gamble because you've got nothing to lose at that stage. But he stopped for uh, for fresh intermediates anyway. Verstappen just had a, a very solid restart after the safety car and had his rear gunner in the form of Sergio Perez. So he just uh, just led away, and it's you know dream scenario for Verstappen. It doesn't get much better than that. Great first start before the, uh, the safety car off the actual start proper. Uh, worth mentioning from George Russell and Lewis Hamilton both moving up, and Hamilton seemed to be on uh, on a bit of a mission. Certainly early doors in the race, making up a few places. Leclerc got uh, got past Norris from a long, long, long way back. That was a great move from Charles. Again, good racing and, and good respect going on between the two guys there. Russell managed to get around the outside of Magnussen, but uh, just rattled over the chicane, so he uh, got past again, but finally got past him uh, into Varianti Alta. But Russell just seeming to, to race that little bit better than Lewis in uh, in the car. Not sure if they had a, a different setup on each car this weekend, really. Just trying different things, going to completely different directions, see what sticks, what works better in certain corners, certain conditions. It's when the car looks as as tricky to set up as it is, and and to be, I, I'm not sure if it's set up or a minor design tweak, or is it just a slight lack of correlation between what they expected and what's happening that's that's causing the extreme porpoising issues. But they seem to uh, to have just had to, to dial out the ground effect downfall so much to get the porpoising under control. I mean, it's still not under control, but to get it at least manageable or vaguely drivable, they've had to, to wind the ground effect off to uh, to such an extent that they've, they've wound all the pace out of the car. But just, you know, as they're trying to get the ground effect level back up again and get the car as low as possible and get everything working, just to experiment it out around different setups you know, ride heights, wing levels, etc. make sense to me. So one goes one way, one goes the other. Is is Was George Russell's set-up this weekend just that bit quicker and, and that was why? Or is it Russell just used to racing a worse car, really? I mean, I, I don't subscribe to the, um, uh, the comments some people have made about uh, Lewis being really upset because he's never had a bad car in Formula One or never had a bad car in his career and that's why he's won everything. He's uh, He's had plenty of bad cars in his 
career in in the early years and in uh, in Formula One. Okay, yes, on the majority of times he's had a very good half decent or at least race winning, if not dominant Mercedes championship winning car. But two thousand and seven was was a good car, but matched or or outpaced by the Ferrari on occasion. Two thousand and eight again fairly even Stevens with the Ferrari. Two thousand and nine was a, a bit of a dog of a car but still managed to pull out a couple of wins in it on the tracks where the driver could make a, a large amount of difference or a outright grip and uh, and power weren't the overriding factors or efficiency of aerodynamical grip, shall we say. He still managed to pull out results and, and in the towards the end of his McLaren career, although the car was, was good, uh, it wasn't championship winning calibre, but he still managed to stay in contention for a championship towards the end. So it's uh, I don't quite agree with uh, with him being spoiled all the way through, you know, Mercedes first couple of years, not quite there. But from the turbo hybrid era onwards, yes, the Mercedes has been the dominant car. But as always, the uh, the best drivers do tend to find themselves in the best cars because uh, that's kind of how it worked, really. Is it just Russell used to, to racing a more tricky car of late or is it? Lewis is has been so used to the Mercedes philosophy of how the car has been. Now everything's changed this year. Is it just taking him a bit longer to get used to it? Certainly, Russell seemed to be able to uh, to race and overtake better than Lewis. He spent most of the race tucked up behind uh, Albon, Gasly, and, and Ocon, not not really seeming to be able to uh, to do much with it. Whilst all this was going on, Bottas was uh, racing closely with Magnussen uh, and then got past him. Long, 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 long time before the DRS got opened in this race. So it was, you know, everybody had been clamouring up and down for it for 25, 30 laps or so before it finally got turned on. Again, maybe a bit of over-cautiousness from race direction, I think. Uh, as uh, as I you know, said earlier, at least the, uh, the direction is clear and people know where they stand. Um, but maybe just a little bit on the side of caution. But having said that, is it better to be slightly cautious than it is slightly risky? If it's a safety issue, then maybe, but I kind of think as soon as a car swaps onto slick tyres, then turn the DRS on and that's it. Ricardo was uh, was one of the first to pit for slicks, probably should have done it a few laps earlier, if not much earlier, but uh, nonetheless popped in uh, for a set of slicks. To, uh, I think probably more just to give uh, give the McLaren team a bit of data to see what Norris could do with it. Vettel, Gasly, Albon quickly followed him in. And then the the pits just filled up and went absolutely mental with everybody swapping into slicks. A bit close and a bit of contact between Ocon and Hamilton, but no harm done there really. Uh, although Ocon did get a penalty for that, of course. Amongst all that, Leclerc managed to leapfrog Perez, but uh, Perez got back past him in uh, in fairly short order. And then Perez looking uh, looking reasonably solid, but did have an off track excursion, so he uh, he managed to pull a bit of a gap out uh, on Leclerc by the uh, by the time he did that. So he managed to stay in front of him, but only just. We got DRS finally on uh, on lap thirty five. So a few people who'd been frustrated and couldn't quite get past up until that point. A few more overtakes happened after that. I mean, I've been as uh, as enthusiastic as anyone about the the closeness and the level of racing in uh, in twenty twenty two so far. What does Formula One look like without DRS? Well, it looks like the first the first thirty four laps of uh, of the Imola Grand Prix. So maybe not quite there. Having said that, with uh, although there was a dry line, it was still uh, still reasonably damp off line. So you'll always struggle to overtake, uh, particularly if you're on slick tires on a, on a damp line, trying to break late enough to get past somebody if they're on the dry line. So slightly skewed the uh, the reality of things there. I think if it had been dry all the way through. 
actually it might not be a bad experiment really run no drs for half of uh of one particular race and see how many overtakes happen and uh turn it on for the second half and see how many overtakes happen after that might be quite an interesting experiment but uh yeah more uh more passes from lap 35 onwards but uh probably probably one of the most painful passes for anyone of the weekend was uh it was not a a pass for position but verstappen lapping hamilton on lap 41 so okay a reasonable chunk into the race but from uh from how close they were battling for the championship last year to being lapped i think it just sort of sums up Hamilton's miserable weekend really Lewis and Gasly just battling lap after lap after lap good good racing and an exciting battle to watch but all over 13th place which seems a seems a very odd position to see Lewis in so it's like not not processional at the front but Verstappen just looked fairly comfy all the way out front and Leclerc couldn't seem to uh to stick or or gain on Perez at all so I think maybe rather than than settling for third place and settling for the podium Leclerc came into the pits to uh, to change tyres, whether it was to hope that the Red Bulls tyres fell off the cliff at the end or at least nick a, a point back for fastest lap, not quite sure. But Norris got past him just as he came out of the pits. Leclerc was uh, was able to get past him fairly quickly, was chasing down Perez. But then uh, one of the talking points of the weekend, Charles Leclerc spinning and, uh, and chucking it off and into the wall, damaged his front wing and having to come into the pits again sign of the pressure first i mean one couple of races this year we've had leclerc has just just appeared absolutely imperious looked totally in control of everything and, and very comfortable to be uh to be leading and up at the sharp end you know we hadn't seen any uh, any of the mistakes or any of the self-deprecation that we'd seen in years gone by but was it um pushing too hard trying to catch perez the 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 pressure of racing in Italy for Ferrari was was that getting to him? Not not quite sure, but um, definitely uh, definitely not good. The uh, the points for finishing in third were were on the table, um, and he uh, and he certainly lost points compared to where he could have finished. I mean, uh, a championship isn't uh, isn't won or lost over a single weekend. Certainly this early on in the season, but all of these things add up at the end, and and we've seen in the past how uh, well last year. They went into it equal on points. So, towards the end of the season, if uh, if you've lost even a single point, you can uh, you can occasionally look back at, uh, at a very early weekend and say that's where it went wrong. Hopefully, he doesn't beat himself up uh, too much about it. I think he's uh, experienced now and, and strong enough and quick enough and comfortable enough in his own ability to uh, to hopefully not do that. As long as the uh, the team can put their arms around him and and pull together. I think it does just show we've got a uh, we've got a fight for the rest of the season. Norris, Russell, Bottas, Sonoda, Vettel, Magnussen all managed to get past Leclerc whilst he was uh, was off and then pulling into the pits. Good scrap uh, towards the end between Bottas and Russell. Slight slight flashbacks from uh, from those two racing on a slightly damp track at Imola, so uh, no history there at all. But good uh, good racing between the pair of them, and uh, and that was very good fun to watch. Um, but Verstappen just just untroubled to the finish really. Perez and Verstappen had both pitted uh, in response to Leclerc pitting. It was, um, and as I say, a slightly odd roll of the dice. They pitted to get the fastest lap, but by doing so, they gave Red Bull the gap to them to also pit and get the fastest lap. The only risk being, are you pushing too hard and do you bin it? But that had already happened by that stage for uh, for Charles Leclerc. So uh, it was a Red Bull one two. Uh, with the fastest lap for Verstappen, so he'd managed the uh, 
the Grand Slam or the Grand Chelem, however you want to pronounce it. But uh, do we need a new uh, a new word for the weekend? If you uh, if you have pole position, a sprint race win, lead every lap, start on pole twice. You get more for starting on pole twice, I suppose you do. Um, but uh, yeah, fastest lap, win the race, lead every lap. Uh, what do we call it if you win the sprint race as well? But it was a uh, almost a perfect weekend for Red Bull. It was a perfect weekend for Max Verstappen, almost a perfect weekend for Red Bull. Perez finishing in third place in the sprint as opposed to second, so one point off a perfect weekend. I, I do wonder if that, does that go, I mean, Verstappen's now gone, got a place in the record books for most points over a single weekend for uh, for a driver. It will take a very good weekend to, to match that. It will probably happen once or twice, but how, uh, how close will we see as uh, the grid seems to be a lot closer? A team getting a 1-3 pole position, another pole position, and, uh, and a 1-2 in the race. That's not a bad haul of points, but if we'd have had more sprints in uh, since 2014, let's say, it would be fair to assume Mercedes would have had a couple of pole positions, 1-2 in the sprint, 1-2 in the race. Um, but a, a very, very, very good haul of points, and that's made quite a bit of difference to the, uh, the standings. Great podium for Norris, just kept his head down, drove a really solid race, made up places when uh, when he could and, and stayed out of trouble. Okay, inherited from uh, from Leclerc with his spin, but you've got to you've got to be in it to win it, and you've got to be you've got to be sat there in fourth place, being nice and consistent and keeping on the black stuff. And if the guy in front of you bins it off, then um, then no, hats off to uh, to Norris, great podium. Russell managed to hold on, uh, hold on to fourth position, finishing nine, ten places in front of Lewis. Again, as I, say, I think there's maybe a couple of different directions in setup there, but uh, Russell certainly seems to have the upper hand on Lewis at, at this early stage. Whether uh, whether that position or that picture is quite the same as we head towards the end of the season, we shall have to wait and see. I'm certainly not going to sit here and and shout from the rooftops like some people have been doing that Lewis should just go and, and his career's over and that's it, he's finished I think he's far from finished and I particularly, I thought Helmut Marco's comments about maybe he should have stopped last year were, were just ridiculous to be totally honest uh, Russell held off uh, held on to fourth, held off Bottas who finished uh, another brilliant fifth there's probably a bit of satisfaction Bottas is uh, is taking from being able to race the Mercedes so uh, so close this year and beat them on occasion. Leclerc limped over the line in sixth. Uh, Sonoda made it all the way up to seventh by having a, a very clean and tidy race and, and making up some points. Slightly benefited from the safety car, but good uh, good to see the number of places he'd made up after uh, their struggles in qualifying. Uh, Vettel over the line in eighth, first points of the season for Aston Martin, so at least they're off the, uh, off the mark for all their investment. Magnussen finished in ninth, Stroll uh, picked up the final points play, so uh, at least Aston Martin have got off the uh, the line with both cars. Albon in 11th, Gasly in 12th, uh, Lewis in 13th, as we'd mentioned. Ocon was, uh, was 11th uh, over the line, but his penalty for the pit lane collision dropped him down to 14th. Fifteenth, uh, Guanyu Zhou. Sixteenth was Latifi. Didn't see much of him at all, really, for, for the entire weekend. But I think, given some of his recent misfortunes, that's maybe no bad thing. Is uh, is time running out for Latifi? Maybe it is. I'm I'm not too sure. He certainly seemed a bit out of his depth in the first couple of races. But we've seen Latifi in the past get a handle on things and and get his head round the car and and settle down into being uh, quite a solid Grand Prix driver. He's uh, although he's a paid driver and he does bring a large amount of sponsorship to the team. 
I think it's probably a bit unfair to uh, to chuck him quite into the same category as uh, some other pay drivers we've had towards the end of a season. It's, it's the early part where he seems to struggle to get his head round the car, but I think he'll, uh, he'll have to get his head round the car sooner rather than later and, and get back to the pace that he has shown to uh, to achieve in the past. Otherwise, uh, I think he might find himself um, having to look elsewhere for uh, for employment soon as uh, in the budget cap era and when the investment from Doralton Capital is is the sponsorship that he brings that important or are you best off taking a punt on uh, on somebody who can bring a bit more performance and lap time out of the car as uh, you can't just throw money at the problem really you know if you're uh, the richest person in the world you can buy a lot of lap time in developing a car but if you're only allowed to spend uh, a certain amount then it uh, it becomes more on the driver afterwards and a, and a quicker driver that brings you less money or even you have to dare I say it pay them a few quid um, can often be more beneficial. But yeah, 17th for Mick Schumacher and 18th and last Ricardo. Um, yeah, not not a good race from him at all. Uh, a small mistake at the beginning of the race with uh, with big consequences. I mean, big consequences for Carlos Sainz. Obviously, he was out of the race and big consequences for Ricardo as well as he uh, finished plum last, just, just couldn't seem to make an impression on the race at all after he'd swapped to, uh, to new Inters early on or one of the first to swap to slicks, just just nothing seemed to work out really. So quite uh, quite downcast, Ricardo at the end of it, especially with Norris getting onto the podium. I mean, it's I I know Ricardo will be happy for the team and and encouraged by the progress uh, that McLaren seemed to have made, but it's uh, it's got to hurt really finishing last when your teammates on the podium. But I think there was a, a reasonable amount of damage to uh, to bits on the car, so would have uh, would have cost a bit of performance. So um, he uh, he seemed rejuvenated uh, last race and particularly in Australia he looked uh, he looked very happy and and got on with it and his pace was there so uh will uh, be interesting to see if he can uh, if he can regroup because I am a, I am a, a Danny Rick fan I, I'm not going to not going to hide it I think he's a phenomenal driver and I think he's a, a lovely and entertaining character as well and it's and it's good to see him do well and it hurts to be honest to see him to see him struggling in you know in his racing and in himself so fingers crossed he can uh, he can turn it around soon but as we uh, as we mentioned earlier the uh, the points gap and the points uh, points swing around has been uh, been reasonably uh, significant from what was looking like a uh, reasonably runaway not easy but fairly convincing championship for Charles Leclerc uh, he still leads the championship with uh, with 86 points uh, but Max Verstappen uh, with a perfect weekend in terms of points uh, well, perfect weekend full stop really has uh, has narrowed that gap somewhat so he's uh, 59 points so that swung around very very quickly uh, Perez up into third on 54 uh, George Russell still uh, still flying high and still leading the way for Mercedes on 49 points, nearly double the points of Lewis. Carlos Sainz dropping back to fifth, 38 points. Uh, Lando Norris in sixth, 35 points, and Lewis has mentioned on 28 points. Uh, Constructors Championship again has has closed up massively with Red Bull's near perfect weekend. Ferrari still leading 124 points. Red Bull on 113 points. Mercedes on 77 points and McLaren in fourth with 46 points and Alfa Romeo holding on to that fifth place with 25 points but fairly close between uh, Alfa Romeo, Alpine, Alfa Tauri and Haas really a, a good or a poor weekend for any particular team we'll, uh, we'll see that one swing around quite quickly and that's about us for the weekend so we've uh, we've got a couple of weeks off now 
if you've got any comments on uh, on anything that I've rabbited on in this podcast about, feel free to uh, get in touch. We are at UK Motor Talk pretty much everywhere on the socials, or if uh, if you listen to our other podcasts, you'll uh, you'll know the address that Mike will always give you to uh, to write into us if uh, if you feel so inclined. Um, but yeah, we've got uh, we've got Miami um, in uh, a week and a bit's time, depending on when you listen to this, uh, and that uh, that looks like it's uh, it's going to be a a good weekend, a good uh, a good event, a good a good spectacle. Um, interesting to see how uh, how good the racing is there. The track looks well as as entertaining or interesting as a street circuit can get. It's always a always a tricky one going to a new venue like that on a street circuit because you are kind of uh, dictated to on uh, the ultimate layout. You're always bound by the uh, the layout of the actual city. It's not like you're going to drop a, a Spa or a, a Suzuka into uh, into the middle of Miami. But it'll uh, no. It should be a, a a different weekend anyway. Let's say, but there's a lot of hype and a lot of excitement. Uh, really, if uh, if it if it just brings Formula One to a new audience and it and it helps the uh, the spread and the reach of Formula One and more people start watching the sport as a result of it, then then hey, fair, fair play to it. It's um it's a it's a wonderful sport once you get into it. Uh, and the more people that do get into it and, and can share the passion for it, then uh, then all the better as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, we look uh, forward to uh, having a chat with you uh, about that in a couple of weeks' time. So, in uh, in the meantime, hope you've enjoyed this uh, this little podcast. And wherever you are, take care. Talk to you next time. Bye for now. UK Motor Talk, a first take media production.